Hi, my name is Alex, and you're watching How to Talk About Jesus Without Being Weird. Dahati Lewis, a church planner in Atlanta, Georgia, who started Blueprint Church, he said this, Authenticity is the key apologetic to reach this generation. If we're going to reach the people alive in our world today, it's not going to be through religious services. It's going to be through authenticity. By living and acting in such a real and raw way that people know that there's no facade, there's no fakeness there. He goes on that this, this uh, authenticity has to be lived out through intentional relationships and explicit Christianity. And I want to take some time in this video today to kind of unpack those two ideas, being intentionally relational and explicitly Christian, because I think this is key for how we're going to talk to people about Jesus without being weird. I think that most Christians are really bad at relationships. We're, we're good at relationships as long as there's proximity and there's convenience and there's similarity. As, as long as people are nearby, we're kind of packed in with people, so we, we have to talk to them. And as long as it's convenient, it's not uncomfortable, it's not difficult. And as long as they're like us, they look like me, they talk like me, they believe like me, and they vote like me, then it's all fine. I'm good at building relationships. And that's why most of us assume we're good at building relationships because we've built lots of relationships where there's been proximity and convenience and similarity. But I think most of us are actually pretty bad at building relationships with people far away from God. And I think a good contrast to this is what happens um, many times with couples who were dating and they were very intentional in dating to spend time together, to call each other, to do sweet things for each other, to go on dates. Um, to plan these special activities together and to celebrate milestones. But then once they get married, they get very unintentional in their relationship and they rarely do some of the things that were so important in dating. The things that they did to win each other over then are often thrown out of the window once they're married. And they don't date anymore and they don't go on special trips and they don't celebrate milestones the same. And they're just like, well, we see each other all the time, and so we become very unintentional in our relationship. Most of us, most of our best friendships come out of school. We built good friendships in high school or in college, and as a result, we assume all relationships, all friendships, will happen like they did in school. What we don't realize is, in school, we were in proximity with other kids, our age, similar demographics, that it was convenient, we were around each other every day on the clock, we didn't have a choice, we had to see each other, and we were similar. Most of you went to a school that was a community school, so people in your community looked like you and probably thought like you and probably believed like you, and you began to group together as um, you know, high school and college happened and people began to branch out into groups. You gathered with people who were like you and thought like you and looked like you. And so so because most of our deepest friendships came from high school or college, we assume all our relationships will happen like that. What we don't realize is that was a fluke. In fact, if you look at studies, it shows that most adults don't make adult friendships. After college or after high school, if they don't go to college, they don't make new friendships. 
Why? Because it's hard now. It's going to take work. It's no longer about proximity and convenience and similarity. Now you're going to have to be very intentional. And I think for a lot of us, we've just never learned how to make friendships, let alone build relationships with people far away from God. And so that's what I'm going to unpack a little bit here today. You eat 21 meals a week. If you eat three meals a day, you eat 21 meals a week. And so I want to challenge you, take three of those meals each week and eat them with someone far away from God. It could be a coworker, it could be an acquaintance, it could be someone in your community, it could be a neighbor. And just say, hey, three meals a week, I'm going to eat a meal, I'm going to be eating a meal anyways, why don't I use this time strategically to build trust with someone far away from God? There's something about eating a a meal psychologically that bonds people together. There's a reason that most first dates involve sharing a meal. Why? Because something psychologically happens when you eat a meal together. What did Jesus do right before he died? He commemorated what he was about to do, die and be resurrected. And he took bread and took wine and he broke bread and he passed around wine. And he said, this meal commemorates what I'm about to do for you. Do this meal in remembrance of me. And uh, this meal bonded them together. And so if we're going to build trust with people far away from God, it's going to involve eating with people far away from God. And something that I do just to make sure that I'm being intentional in my relationships with people far away from God is I I go through a mental checklist. Have I texted John this week? Have I eaten with John this week? Have I done something, have I enjoyed an activity with John this week? Have we we've gone and played basketball or gone and played video games or gone and seen a movie or a ball game? And I go through this mental checklist because if I'm not intentional, I'll forget. I, I won't engage him and it'll be weeks and weeks and I'll, and I'll forget. And if it has been weeks and weeks, I'm like, oh man, I need to eat a meal with John. I, I need to go and hang out with him. It's been too long. I need to keep this relationship alive. And you might be saying, Alex, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to go through a mental checklist. I'm not going to go through a physical checklist. Definitely trying to remember whether or not I've been intentional in my relationships. I'm just going to let them happen organically. Well, I think that's a really good intention, but good intentions fail. Good intentions fail because we're too busy. I'm too busy. You're too busy. Our work schedules, our life schedules, because of technology, we're running in so many different directions these days that if you're not intentional in engaging people far away from God, you never will. You'll do it occasionally, you'll do it haphazardly, and you'll see very little um, deep growth in your relationship because you've not been intentional. I think most of us have failing or faltering relationships because we wait for them to be organic like they were in school rather than being intentional with them. So how can we build a relationship with someone? That's what you need to be thinking about. Who are the people I can build relationships with and how can I build a relationship with them? If there's a coworker of yours, say, okay, what do they enjoy doing that we could do together? If there's a coworker who always sits over by themselves, it's like, how can I join them? How can I take my lunch at the same time so that I can engage with them? 
Uh, if there's a neighbor, it'd be like, when do I always know my neighbor's out walking his dog? How can I be out there walking my dog at the same time? Or maybe people you see in the community all the time, people who you always see that same person at the lunch counter, or you always see that same person at the ticket counter, or you always see that same person um, down at the, you know, the bus stop or at the train station. How can I begin to time and plan out my day so that I can intentionally engage with people? And I think most of us, like I said, we're waiting for these things to happen organically. But if we wait for people far away from God to befriend us, we're going to be waiting forever. And I think a lot of us are sitting in empty churches waiting for people far away from God to come in and befriend us. But what Jesus told us to do is to leave our places of worship and go out and befriend people out there and bring them in to our places of worship, bring them into a relationship with him. Now, I want to caution us here, because sometimes when I talk about this, people are like uh, so quick to invite people into a small group or a service instead of a friendship. When you invite someone into a small group or a service, you're saying, hey, come in and be a part of this group. I don't necessarily want to spend time with you, but I want you to come in and spend time with this group. But when you invite someone into a friendship, you're saying, hey, I want to know you. I want to spend time with you. You are loved by me. And people who have a friend want to go to a small group or a service with a friend. But people don't want to go to a small group or a service to find a friend. And I think sometimes we're so quick to invite them to a church activity rather than inviting them to a meal with us first. And if the church is going to reach the next generation, we have to start inviting people into friendships with us before we invite them into fellowship with God. Now, that's a little bit about how to be intentionally relational. Now I want to talk about how to be explicitly Christian. Most Christians don't struggle with being explicitly Christian. I remember a few years ago, I was in line at a uh, retail store, and the cashier said to the lady checking out, uh, happy holidays, and the lady ca uh, checking out, uh, she pretty much came across the counter, and she's like, no, I am a Christian. It is not happy holidays. It's Merry Christmas, because the reason for the season is Jesus. Merry Christmas. And she, like, stormed out, and you can see the cashier already overworked and visibly shaken now by this experience with this, uh, you know, this angry Christian. And uh, that lady was being explicitly Christian. But that's not the type of explicit Christianity that I'm talking about, not the type of explicit Christianity Dehati Lewis is talking about when he says we need to be authentic with people. We're very good at being explicitly Christian when it means we're talking about what we're against. We're being judgmental. We're saying, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And everybody's like, must be a Christian. He's against everything. When I'm talking about being explicitly Christian, I'm talking about standing up and standing out for what we're for, not just what we're against. We need to make it clear where our allegiance lies. Our allegiance lies with Jesus and with the friendship. And if our friend says, you know what, I want nothing to do with Christianity, I want nothing to do with Christ, I appreciate, you know, occasionally answering my questions about spiritual things, but I have no interest in that, we don't say, well, you know what, you're a waste of my time because I was only interested in being friends with you so I could lead you to Jesus, so I could tell people this is how many people I led to Jesus, and so we just reject them. No, we let them know our friendship with you is not based on whether or not I can evangelize you. My friendship is based on the fact that I love you and I care about you. Now, because I love and care about them, I want to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. But if they reject that, I don't reject them. It's making our allegiance to Jesus clear, but also our allegiance to the friendship. 
So what does that look like practically in an everyday conversation? If it doesn't look like us saying, that's sin, that's wrong, that's sin, that's wrong, what does it actually look like? Well, it could be something as simple as your friend saying, hey, do you want to go to the new Marvel movie with me? And you say, oh, yeah, I'd love to see that Marvel movie, and I'd love to go with you. I know what a big fan you are, and you've read all the comic books, and you can explain the parts they don't understand to me. That would be great. But tonight, I actually have a small group. My church, uh, some of the people from my church meet together and we talk about relationships. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going through right now about how to be a better husband. And I need to be there because I need to learn this stuff. And you very naturally just talked about going to church and going to a small group and what you're learning from that small group, what Jesus is teaching you through that small group. That's a great way to do that. And one of the things I recently did was I brought over some leftover food from our church service uh, to a gathering of 20-somethings, uh, all people who aren't followers of Jesus, uh, spiritually agnostic. And, you know, um, I brought this food in. They were like, oh, thanks for bringing this food. I was like, oh, no problem. It was leftover from our church service. And something as simple as that, they begin to ask, oh, you bring in food to your church service. And I'm like, yeah, we want to be generous. We want to be gracious because of how generous Jesus has been with us. And I'm able to talk about Jesus and I'm able to talk about the church. And nobody's like, this is awkward. He's, he's pigeonholing Jesus into a conversation. No, they're asking questions because of what I'm doing and the way that I'm naturally talking about Jesus. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not like, uh... Sometimes I go to church, you know, like I'm naturally talking about Jesus because Jesus is a major part of my life. And just as they talk about their dog or their kids or, you know, their favorite sports team, I'm going to talk about Jesus because he's a major part of my life. And I think if we're going to be explicitly Christian, that means we're going to act like Jesus in such a way that we raise questions. The word Christian means like Christ, like Jesus. If we're going to be explicitly Christian, we're going to be especially like Jesus. That means the way that we live and the way that we love is going to be so much like Jesus that it stands out in our culture, and our world. It's going to even stand out when compared to other churches and how they're acting in the community. Many times the way that our church has served in the community, people are like, why are your people out here picking up trash again? Why are you doing these things for free? Do you want donations? I'm like, no, I don't want donations. We do this because we love the community because Jesus loved us. And when we think about being intentionally relational and explicitly Christian, this isn't something that we came up with. It's not something Dehati Lewis came up with or I came up with. This is exactly what Jesus did. We're following the example of our master. In fact, in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 16, it says, When the scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he told them, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, those who think they don't need any help, but sinners, people who know they're messed up. And so we see Jesus here, who is a traveling spiritual teacher, a rabbi, and he's not hiding that fact. He's going and he's eating with people. He's not like keeping a hood up and being like, uh, I don't want anybody to know I'm here, you know, and they're like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a plumber. No, he, he goes in and they know that he's a rabbi and he knows that it's unusual for him to meet with them. It, they, they know that most rabbis would come in condemning them, but instead he's coming in and friending them. And that's creating a space where when they have spiritual questions, who are they going to go to? The guy who's out there who's like, I would never set foot in their house. I would never eat a meal with them. Are they going to go ask him? 
are her spiritual questions or are they going to ask the person who comes in and sits down at their table and builds a friendship with them, someone who they know loves them and cares about them? I think most people in our culture today don't come up to a Christian and ask the spiritual questions that every human being is asking. Every human being on this planet is asking, where did I come from? Where am I going? Why am I here? These are spiritual questions that need spiritual answers, but they're not asking Christians why. Because most Christians won't enter into an intentional relationship with them. If we don't enter into intentional relationships, we won't be there when they have spiritual questions. We won't have built the relational clout so that we can answer the spiritual questions that they have and share with them the abundant life of Jesus Christ. I think we need to follow the example of our master who was explicitly who he was, but he was very intentional about spending time with people far away from God. I think that long after we're gone, people will remember very little of what we said. You share the gospel with somebody on the street, they're going to forget most of what you say. You share a great sermon from a stage, people will forget most of what you say. You share a great speech, maybe you give a wedding toast, or you speak at a business conference, or you give a presentation. People are going to forget most of what you say, but people do not forget how you make them feel. And I think if we're intentionally relational and explicitly Christian, we're going to build relationships with people far away from God, share with them the good news of Jesus Christ, and I think we're going to reach the next generation. And I think if we do that, we will change the world.